Before we start, please enjoy. In the room and on the screen. Lot of sick gentlemen's been here. 69 million. Salvatore, put your hands up and only 200 million. Selling it here. Selling here. 400 million. Selling. Going one. Fair warning. Last chance. Going twice. Congratulations. It was always something that was in the back of my mind. I was like, let me start doing landscape paintings. And even back then, this was like 2010, it was quite apparent that, you know, Wynwood was changing. And so I was going around the periphery of Wynwood to see uh, how the neighborhood was and what kind of people lived there and, and um, how open they were to art and how open art was to them. And this was just purely through the work. It wasn't really through, you know, the art journalism that, you know, we were doing. Uh, through the site. So, yeah, when uh, I did the show with, with at the Bakehouse and Swamp Space, and then I kept, people kept asking me. It's funny because nobody, I never really had to ask someone, uh, hey, I'd like to have a show there. I yeah. mean, you're the only person I ever did, in retrospect, you're the only person I ever asked to have a show in there, and lucky for me, you said yes. But nobody else, I was like, I decided just to like let them decide if they want to place me there or not. And so that's how it was with Anthony. He 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 said to me, oh, I want to put you in the show. And I'm like, and at that point I was like, uh, are you sure you want me in there? Yeah, I mean, you know hard. what the work is and you know I'm like, I I I tech I talk a lot of shit. You sure you want me to be there? Because I talk a lot of shit. You know, yeah. that's been my my you know quote unquote problem within the community. I was like, yeah, yeah, I want you in there anyways. Please come on in. Yeah. So that's when he put together the Mere Facade Show, which is basically a group exhibition of of Miami-based artists, and. Uh, and yeah, it was it was essentially a response to the uh, New York Times article uh, about what, uh, ironically, is the Winnie Banyo. Yeah, when I mean, they were sh they were shitting on Miami artists, essentially uh, to some degree. That well, not speaking fondly of. No, well, that the thing about that is I find interesting is, is that I thought it was more of a strategy. I think uh, Gene Moreno was just. Um, uh, maybe antagonizing the Whitney Museum and, of course, by proxy, um, the Miami Art community because it was, you know, right now it's over a decade since they ever had an artist from Miami represented yeah. in the biannual. And so it was, you know, I think he was, I mean, I read the article and he was, it was, I could, I could see the grin on his face when he was answering, you know, Brett's questions for for the the New York Times. Yeah. So so I could tell you was having fun with it. It's just like nobody else thought it was funny, but since I've been doing this kind of journalism to an extent like the kind of journalism where you're talking a lot of shit. Yeah. Uh they were doing that with with that that interview and it was very apparent what to, at least to me what was happening. But uh, Anthony still felt compelled to respond in some level with it, so hence, mere wa mere facade was 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 um, created as an exhibition. Yeah, you think Gene was just 
to some degree having fun with it in terms or you think Miami's because it's just Miami's so fucking sensitive about not getting praised that they were going to take it the wrong way no matter what I think I think um I think all cities are sensitive about that stuff in our communities yeah. to be honest with you yeah I mean I I see I mean we got a series of demonstrations at the at the Whitney Biennial right now and and I mean, they're they're doing it because they're upset because they're sensitive about how things are are unfolding in their city. So, so it's it's not exactly the same as what's happening in in Miami, but you know the sentiment of frustration is still there. Yeah. So every city has their frustrations. Uh, L.A., Chicago, you know, um, New York, Berlin. Yeah. London, you know, it's, it's, you know, it, it's, it's just a nature of, of, of society, you know, and, and the art community is part of society. So they have uh, their opinions about how, you know, society is. So, I mean, but yeah, the, the article was definitely antagonistic toward, uh, not just, uh, uh, the Miami art community, but also to the Whitney, you know, it was a critical, it was like, hey, you know, there was a very like wink, nod kind of like a uh, approach to it. You know, it was like, yeah, the Whitney doesn't think that Miami artists are good enough. Uh, wink, wink, and then this whole explanation about environmental sea level rise thing. Yeah, and, you know, which well, was not good either. Why no artists are speaking of that and how it should be which, more? Which isn't true. Artists were speaking about it. It's just that. Um, it's, it was a good, it was a good topic to gravitate toward. How long ago, yeah. how long ago was this now, where Anthony like he tells you, hey, I want to include your work in a group show. I think what you're doing is interesting, so on and so forth. But then, like, legit, I want to be your dealer, like I want to deal your work exclusively. Does that happen after, or how does no, that? No, no, that didn't, like, all right, so when he asked me to be in the group exhibition, um, that was, like, like almost two years ago, because uh, the the mere facade exhibition was, like, a year and a half ago or something. I don't know, like, it wasn't, like, last summer, it's the summer before that. So it happened, like, in, I think it was in January, or, like, it's hard to say. Yeah. Rough, but yeah. It, yeah, it did happen before that because we needed time to set everything up. Yeah. He was selecting uh, Miami-based artists. He wanted to do a Miami show because it was responding to the article. Mm -hmm. So his selection was very specific in who he thought was um, notable to feature in the exhibition. And, and it was interesting because he gave me a room uh, of just my work. And that was a little awkward yeah. uh, for me. Yeah, because I didn't really think... I thought, you know, because I've done group exhibitions prior to that. Yeah. And he framed it as a group exhibition, but he still wanted... Like, I felt like I was in my own little project space. I only shared the room with, uh, ironically enough, with Augustina Woodgate. Yeah. You know, so it was really... And it had, like, she had a really good piece. And I was like... I was... I asked Anthony if we could place... Um, Augustino Woodgate's piece in the room I'm in because it was such a great piece. Yeah. But I would have begged him because I was like, this needs to be in there. You know. You wanted it to be. I in wanted there. it. Yeah, absolutely. I thought it was a it was a door 
that said welcome um but like it had wonderfully this wonderful typeface uh carving of of um welcome on it but it wasn't leaned up against the wall it was on flat on the floor so it looked like a floor mat yeah but it was a door so you know augustina woodgate's incredible you know conceptually how she how she perceives um um material and and objects and how they can be utilized to you know infuse it with a greater narrative so i thought it was perfect placement in terms of the work i have you know which is basically paintings in little haiti yeah so it was you know i i, I always perceived it as as a calling call for for the art community to be welcomed into this neighborhood and to really look at the not just the paintings but what the paintings represent to me you know so and you're still still very like humbled about it like still surprised that you're in a room you're, you're still not well i i i i mean to this i haven't day. i yeah i haven't shifted because it continues to i haven't had an opportunity to to be arrogant because things continue to escalate so i'm in a perpetual state of 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 shock i'm befuddled like like this interest is like i don't have enough time to be an ass about everything yeah because it just you know like it's i have i'm like i feel like when it comes to my work there's a giant question mark over my head and how i'm being received because it's all very confounding to me that this is what um that it's generating interest so yeah it's it's hard not to be humble because it's a bit of a shock to me that's so awesome it's man. it's it's bizarre yeah um so yeah it's good i mean now now that same that same narrative and that same work that um maybe s some were were taking as criticism or some were, weren't taking it lightly or it wasn't flattering to them i was hurting their ego a little bit like that's the same work that's going to represent Oh in yeah, in part Miami at the Whitney Biennial, which is amazing. Yeah, so the curator selected Jane and Rook selected two, uh, no, selected five paintings. Mm -hmm. uh, it's part of a four of them are part of a series on um, uh, Cafe Creole, which was a business in Little Haiti, like yeah. a little, um, like cafeteria, I would say, and a famous one. Well, I mean, I, I liked it only because of, uh, I mean, there's a lot of businesses in Little Haiti that are Haitian, but that one had um, uh, a very good, uh, iconic uh, Serge Toussaint mural on it. And for those who don't know Serge Toussaint, he's, um, he's a, a Little Haiti muralist, and I always found his work to be incredibly important in terms of uh, the identity of Miami and to an extent its brand. Yeah. You know, because Miami, every city has their, their brand, you know, how they they choose to to depict themselves. And I thought him as a muralist in that particular neighborhood and to an extent what Miami is, is incredibly important. And so, you know, prior to, to uh, starting that painting and that series, in 2016, I was I was doing a lot of uh, landscape paintings, and and of course, over and over again, his murals would show up in my work because it needs to be there, you know, it has to be there. So he started out as a sign painter when he moved down from New York, uh, I believe in the 90s, 
and he just helped create um, the I- the brand of Little Haiti. Yeah. You know the identity because uh, a lot of the Haitian businesses needed uh, their their signs painted. So he was dominating the doing the, all those murals in Little Haiti. Essentially, well, it, it's like, his business. He, yeah. You know, first he would approach you know your bodega or or your botanica and ask, "Hey, look, can I can I y- you need a sign?" To show that you're doing business here, I can make a nice sign for you, uh, and he paints it right on the on the facade, on the exterior of it. And then it, it he started getting phone calls because he put the number next to the sign anyway, and people would yeah. get call him and say, "Hey, look, can you do my sign also?" So it started to you know he started to get business and he made the living off of it, and then the the signs slowly became paintings of you know of what the business is trying to sell and the paintings of the businesses became murals yeah. up until today and so he started doing a series of murals uh all over little haiti saying welcome to little haiti with different depictions of of the haitian um experience and uh one of them i gravitated toward i saw that that it had welcome to it and Little Haiti was was essentially erased from it. And so I did a mural. I did a painting focusing on that mural alone and decided to show that Welcome was there, but I wanted to show through the work that Little Haiti was was concealed under the paint. Yeah. I was always curious to see, you know, why did it was did Serge was he asked to do it? Did he you know, um did someone else do it? Like that after owned the, the building fact, maybe, yeah. after the fact exactly so it was it was a question i never found the answer to but i did begin to read articles where 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 serge was um speaking about his murals being um painted defaced. over yeah. uh, defaced and painted over by the the property owners yeah you know that that they just have a different idea of what uh what kind of business is um desired for the neighborhood yeah at the time there was a huge conflict which still is to an extent about what the brand of the neighborhood should be should it be the brand of little haiti should be the brand of little river and um, and they wanted to they wanted to name it like lemon city at one point right or lemon city too some developers wanted to rebrand it as as um lemon city as well you know to depict the 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 history of of, of the area of that neighborhood but then it's also easier to invest in a city that's called lemon city as to opposed some. to come invest in a city that's called little haiti right? yeah like to, to some to some to i mean this is i mean this is happening all over miami yeah i mean we have uh little havana is being rebranded as as brickle west yeah and also um alapada west winwood or winwood west you yeah. know so it's it's this, uh, they're, they're, you know. You think they'll rebrand Hialeah? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it, I don't. I don't think so because of the of the placement of the neighborhood. Yeah. I mean, you have, and also a lot of people are speculating about the sea level rise. So, a lot of the population and property owners in in Miami Beach are moving into um, into further inland. Gonna move west. They yeah. move west, yeah. uh, and and you have little Haiti that's above sea level, 
Um, Dennis Scholl spoke about it in the New York Times article when he announced uh, the rebranding of the um, um, South Florida Arts Center. So, so to Ulai Arts. So it, it's you know the the whole. What I've been interested in is is why, um, why something is is rebranded. What does identity mean? And and identity to the extent of what does a brand mean in reference to identity? Because when you talk about a brand, as opposed to identity, there is um, there's an economic component infused in a brand where it doesn't really necessarily exist in identity. Yeah. So branding as a conversation for me is more of a palpable uh, discussion to have in reference to how these mechanisms work. That's where the work is. That's where the work kind of goes and that those are the drivers of like how you go about creating the landscape painting. Yeah, it's a it's a huge source of my inspiration actually. So it does it does um it does uh uh it does uh, give direction to the work itself, you know, it gives it um more focus and like rather than it just being landscape paintings. You've like put yourself there too, like ground zero, like uh, like I see you you attend like the conferences and you attend like the like the meetings and like oh yeah, I'm very, well, I'm very much interested in yeah. in listening to what people have to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I'm like, if they want to say something, you should say it. And I'm like, I'm interested in everybody's point of view. Yeah. yeah, you bought a house in that area, like. Yeah, I bought a house. I mean, and I I'm a property owner, so I'm yeah. affected by what's happening too. And I have, you know, have my thoughts about it. So, yeah, it, it's it's interesting, you know, and. I mean, uh, as someone who's practiced art and seen what the art community has has accomplished, you know, um, whether people think it's a good or bad thing, it's still an accomplishment. And and you know, you know, Coconut Grove, Coral Gables was an accomplishment. Miami Beach, Lincoln Road, that was an accomplishment. Wynwood was an accomplishment. Yeah. And so now we see the migration and the narrative of of um artist community continue in miami you know it's inevitable right like little haiti is inevitable 10 years from now it's yeah. just there's too much money already into it of course like the like the roadway constructions already there all the all yeah the, the cities the city's highly involved in it like now all the decisions were made years ago like of course. now is when you just see it well, and you continue to see it. No I mean, I, I saw it years ago too. You know, yeah. it's just that it becomes more more obvious. There's less and less um, like uh, impulse to try to conceal what's happening by not discussing it. Yeah. And now, you know, you mentioned the talks. People are very much more interested in talking about these things openly on platforms and what have you. And I think it's an important topic to talk about, you know, because what has happened in, in you know, Coral Gables or Coconut Grove and South Beach and Lincoln Road is not the same way as how it unfolded in Wynwood. Yeah. So I was going to unfold in, in Little Haiti or for those who likes to uh, subscribe to the Lemon City or, or Little River brand is not going to be the same as how it's happened before. And it's that... What do you th difference is what I'm curious about. And what, what fascinates what do you, me. How do you see it? How do you see it panning out different? Like how, 
like now obviously major galleries already moved into the area not only moved in as renters but as property owners then now with with uh south florida art center rebranding itself uli arts Arts. that's right right like rebranding itself moving into little haiti as well like bigger than winwood is that the idea you would think it's always the idea to go bigger right I mean, Wynwood was bigger than than Lincoln Road. Yeah. You know, I mean, more people are going, or you know, more people are going to Wynwood huh. than they ever did, and they're actually like, you know, the presence there is is incredible. It's not like I was years ago. I mean, I. <sighs> Off topic, but did you see, did you see the renovation that? Well, you had to have seen it that the. <laughs> That the Miami Beach Convention Center got? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they got an incredible facelift. Amazing. It is beautiful. It's gorgeous, man. I mean, our our basil is going to be like, it's going to have like a, a, it's going to be in a tuxedo this year. Or or in a. Well, it was. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Like, it's going to be like the exterior facade of of the Miami Beach Convention Center is. Gorgeous. It's gorgeous. It is, you know, what, you know, either you're talking about a. A tuxedo or a very glamorous gown, you know, it's it's you know, it's never looked as good. All glass. It's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Do you does part of you does part of you kind of get excited about seeing the city progress? Remember they there was only you've been long enough doing work and following work long enough where we only had Coral Gables. When we were like teenagers, yeah. it was like Coral Gables and you went to go see landscapes and, and pictures of of roosters fighting, cockfighting. It was like predominantly heavy Cuban artwork. Cuban not and South America art. Yeah, you yeah, had not bo- even contemporary. You work. had Botero and and you know, um, well, I mean, you would have like modern art also. Like some some of the uh, Latin American artists would have like minimal art. You know, yeah, formalism. It, it's like I don't want to offend nobody. I'm just here to sell paintings. This will oh, go yeah. good in your house. Like it, of course, there was, there was no galleries trying to. No, they weren't trying to say something that was, you know. But then, you know, the art world was different back then also in general. But um, So does part of you get happy to kind of see the city? No, I am happy. I just, like, it, it's not a question of not being happy. It's a question of how many people are we going to include in the prosperity that is inevitable. Yeah. And historically, um, that really hasn't been the case. And if we're going with, like, the you know, the promise of, of a capitalistic society is should include as many people as possible. Yeah. And I mean that's that's just being like and having um that's the ideology, right? Yeah. And that's just me being an artist saying, Oh, you know being a good person too. Yeah. You know, that that's the thing uh we're experiencing in this contemporaneous moment is that people's moral compass is being in question. We have this uh, this country has lost the very notion of accountability, and now there's this, there's this reimagining of what does accountability look like in the 21st century. Yeah. So, as a reason, obviously, why people are asking these questions is how do we uh, make sure things are done, quote unquote, the right way, whatever that looks like. But these are questions that are being raised right now, and. Which is why I'm being, you know, one of the reasons I would assume uh, there's an interest in what I'm doing through the work. Yeah. 
which deals heavily with a, a market, really heavily with a, the market of properties. Um, and then ironically enough, the paintings are, t although they're, they're almost speaking about real estate, but they're also talking about a lot of real estate that's being taken up to further along this art scene that Miami is growing and is, has been growing largely into a very profitable brand over the last decade or so. Oh, absolutely. And it's not slowing down. I mean, Basel's no. not. No, everybody keeps talking about like an economic collapse or what have you. And, 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 you know, I don't have a crystal ball and say if there is going or is not going to be an economic collapse, but when would happen during the last, the biggest economic collapse in living memory, you know? Yeah. So, and they were just fine. So I think if there is hypothetically another economic collapse, I don't think it's going to slow down at all. I think you're at the perfect spot, dude. Because you're, you're, especially now, like with the, with the Whitney Biennial, and then now working with a, with a serious gallery, right? Like now bringing that conversation into a market where it's, where sales matter. Yeah, that, that, well, that's a great thing about the your podcast in general is that uh, I listen to a lot of podcasts and and um, there isn't that much of a focus uh, for obvious reasons about the art market. You know, artists don't like talking about the art market because yeah. it's like you know, it's you know, money is a very ugly thing to talk about in reference to art. You know, yeah. it's a uh, but I I'm. You know, obviously, I'm interested in talking about how that works to an extent. But I mean, I I don't you know, it's also there's a lot of things that are, that are concealed. You know, there's business is is a very private thing. It's not really something that's done publicly. It's only done publicly, as you say, when when it's already been decided years ago. You see, like the tail end of it. Yeah, of course, yeah, of course. Yeah. But I mean, I was there, like you know, I've been there for quite some time, and. And you and I have been paying attention to how these things um, unfold in relation to the art committee and how they are migrated. Not that they migrate. I mean, artists can go wherever they want. It's just that they are placed in certain locations for a reason. Yeah. And that's there's a complacency to it. But at the same time, I want to uh, um, exercise my own agency in terms of my thoughts and opinions about uh, how it it should happen, whether it does or doesn't, and it's not really under my control because I don't have that much um, power to make those decisions. But what little power I do have is one of just expressing my thoughts on what's happening, and that's what I'm doing through the work. And yeah, yeah. yeah you you've always had strong opinions about about all of it, about how you think it should be and about how how some things are messed up, but then you could still, in your head, tackle this idea of, like, that there is such thing as a market and there is such thing as, like, improvement and then, like, that, that things get better with money, undeniably. They could also get fucked up. Well, you know? I mean, but things get better for, for some people. For money. some people, yeah. And that's a great question I have. And, you know, of course, my frustration is is to get as many people to 
to have improvements because of money and and not few people, which is a great frustration that 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 other people share as well, not just me. So, and I'm always curious to 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 see when when there are artists that that don't have a strong opinion because. Um, you don't get into becoming an artist or practicing art if you don't have a strong opinion about something. Right. So yeah, it's that's also something I'm very interested in is like a, a general apathy as well. Did Silence is is fascinating. You yeah. have to like, even if your opinion changes over time, you have to say, hey, like this is who I am. This is what I think. The work represents my limited knowledge in the matter, or my work represents my investment in learning these topics that I'm speaking of. Of know? course, but all artists have that. It's just when and how they choose to express it, I find it to be interesting, you know, and the art community in general has expressed themselves in a certain way, collectively, and, and that's that's always been a great interest of it. I've written a number of uh, articles about that as well, so, uh, and it's really informed the you know the general practice of the work why do you think artists are so hesitant to like have a conversation of artwork and market in the same or is it is it south florida artists or is it the artists that we know or is it artists um, on a more broad sense like a market to some is almost taboo or is almost like oh it doesn't matter if the work doesn't compete in that area or if it doesn't matter if it's sales but it but it does though to say it doesn't is on it's unrealistic either you know? well the, re the reason you say that is that way you can take a look at the work and uh -huh. not about how much it's worth that's the only reason you would say something like that um what do you mean what how would say that again the only reason you would say that is is not like an artist would say that they don't care about the market is because they're forcing the person, the collector, what have you, yeah. to look at the work itself. Mm, okay. And not about how much intrinsic value it holds. Yeah. Or speculative value. Well, that's why they would, an artist, in answer to your question, an artist would say that. Um, the reason we don't, as artists in general, don't talk about the art market is the same thing with any profession. You don't talk about private business publicly unless something's been already decided mm. so that's why it's, it's I mean in my opinion yeah. it's done that way and I can understand that it's just that I find it uh, still a, a good topic to talk about how uh, these decisions are made and what work and, and what artists is uh, valued overvalued or undervalued yeah artists have like a good they're like good-hearted if i could say that if i could generalize like they're good-hearted and then this idea of money seems to be evil almost like equivalent to evil or like this 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 idea of like money well, is the root of all evil the, the, and the, all the great concern is the corruption of 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 a person through through money yeah you know it's not just with art with anything really because um money tends to corrupt a lot of people i mean that's a great that's the the popular consensus of it. and um, You think these people were just people that get corrupted with money? You think that they, they were just fucked up already? They just didn't have the funds? Like money just mm. is a magnifying glass of like who you are? Like if you're, if you're generally 
sketchy and not of high morals, the the fact that you have money just gives you more power to be that person, you know? No, it does, but I, I don't I don't think I think uh I think everyone is corruptible to be honest with you. I mean even, you know, me, obviously I'm I can I can I don't know. I'm sure if I have enough money I won't do good things all the time either, you know, I'm gonna no. make mistakes. I'm only human. We're all human. So everyone, of course, is corruptible. It's the reason with the money, it makes things more apparent. You know, you'll be sitting on your throne and you'll be yelling at people and saying, let them eat cake. You know, that's the great fear that, you know, people in society have with, well, or certain people in society have with people with money, you know. Yeah. But, you know, it's, I... In reference to artists, I mean, artists, you know, artists are going to have opinions about, about, uh, artists are, are human just like anything else, and they'll have opinions about what money means to them as well, um, and how they decide to utilize it. Um, yeah, I don't think, I really don't think that uh, an artist, if he's good and he gets money, he'll still be a good artist. I think, you know, these decisions are made based on the situation or circumstances and and you know we always hope someone that you know not just an artist anybody that calls in, comes into money stays a good person and does good things with the money they they acquire you know whether you know they earned it or not um but um i don't know i, I i've seen people who i you know i think was a dick one day and then they do something cool the next day you know yeah. So it's very it's very difficult to really anticipate what a person will do, whether or not they have money. You know. Are you excited now? Like now, yeah, a lot of a lot of new projects on the horizon. Yeah, a lot of new projects on the horizon. I'm I'm very excited. It's just that, um, like I said before, I'm still in a perpetual state of shock. You know, it's It's hard to take in. It's difficult to take in. but I see the importance in it, you know, and I'm just trying to find a way of, of positioning in myself to make sure that it's not just me. Because by design, the work really isn't about me, you know. It's about it's about everybody in Miami and to extent where we are right now. So I think that helps to keep me focused on what's important, you know, to me or else... I'll get really frustrated with what I'm doing in life, you know. Yeah, so I man. think you're you <laughs> knocked it out the park, man. You're you're where you need to be. I think um, you definitely put in the work. You know, I've like known you for a while now, and you're like actively put in the work. Yeah, you know, like yeah, but everybody, you're there, I, I you're you know, pounding it, the pavement. It's, man. it's my th- it's my thing to pay attention to everybody else too, and everybody puts in work. I've seen, I mean, there's a lot of artists in Miami that have worked really hard for many years. Yeah, and it just so happens that I'm in, you know, and it's like, you know, uh, I mean, I look at the list. I mean, we got, we got, I got the list. Everybody, all the artists got the list a week before the press release came out. Yeah, and I sat down, I went through every single one of those names, went through their resume. Yeah, just to see where I, how I compared to everybody else, and I'm like. I, I'm like the least qualified person to be there. Yeah. It's bizarre. I've only like exhibited for the most part in, in South Florida and in mostly in Miami. Uh, and that's it. I mean, Augustina Woodgate has exhibited all over the world also, you know. So it's like, and the rest are just New York artists, you know, 
under 40, yeah. right? This is like a young group of artists. But it's New York is New York, you know, and it's like it, by, by, you know, how things work, they, they should be there. Yeah, and you got to also see, um, obviously, you understand, they're not just looking at resumes and whatnot. Like, they're, they're, the creators are, are trying to put some a conversation amongst the people that they're deciding that is compelling also. It, it, you know? No, I so know. So what you're saying. No, that, that's true, but, I mean, they say that. You, I mean, you sound like an art teacher. I was like, oh, yeah, they're going to look at your work. I mean, and the reality is, and you know as, much as, as well as I do, is like, you know, in the mar market and in curation, people look at resumes also. And sometimes well, it takes more pride. I'm disregard it completely, but what I'm it, saying... It carries a lot of weight, what let's just the, say. What I'm saying is the dialogue that you're bringing along into that room. Which right? makes it shocking it's, because... It's is clearly important for them to have it in there because for whatever reason, for whatever reason they see of the show that they want to present this year. So it's just you you have the right tone, you have the right... I, I, I just find it very unusual that that in their foresight they feel that, that my work um, should be included in that dialogue. That's what I, I'm trying to, you know, still... Take in? Take in, yeah. 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 I think that's natural. It's, it's such a big name museum... Is I mean this is this I mean is where the, this like is where it, it, it was bizarre even to have like 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 uh, Oliver Sanchez asked me to for and to give me put me in a in a solo exhibition, and then I get the South Florida Consortium grant, which locally is a big deal for me. You know, it's like oh you know these are all pr very provincial things. Yeah. But I found it like very flattering, and now this so it's like it just seems to compound itself. So it's very it's very uh, surreal. Yeah. This is why the work is good, man. This is why the work looks like that. This is because these, like you're, like I told you before, you're, you're, where you need to be. You're not where you could be boastful. Or right now, most would be boastful. And right now, would be like, well, yeah, you know, like I've been busting my ass, and then yeah. like now the work is where it's at. It should be where it should be. It should have been there two years ago. You know, yeah. like now you're still like, yo. I'm taking it in. I'm taking it I'm in. Just I can't even say in, that. You know, like I mean, I, I can't promise that maybe like in four or five years I'll be sitting there, you know, like just, you know, talking a lot of shit about that. But I don't know, man. Like, it, I don't know. I don't, I can't really say how I'll be in the future, but I'm just saying like today I can't really see myself uh, being in a position. I mean, the only reason I could see that if it, if it serves a bit greater purpose. Yeah. It being boastful. Uh, speaks to the importance of not just me as an artist, but what I represent, like coming out of Miami, then yeah, I, I would see it serving that purpose. Yeah. But I'm not at that point where I could just sit there and say, oh yeah, you know, it's it's just still very strange. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, it's an honest place, and then it's, it's the next evolution of your career. Like this is this is going to be the first time you're going to work with a dealer exclusively like an actual dealer that's going to care about your career help you move your career forward put you in places where it's important which is what like a gallery and a dealer should do not only sell the work but really who is it being sold to who's seeing it and who's well that's the thing that I was, of what i, I learned long ago especially since i've you know i've been doing our journalism that um it doesn't take long to realize that uh, the relationship with between an artist and a gallerist is a relationship. Yeah. And um, in the in the foundation, 
it's it's about trust and I trust my gallerist uh, Anthony I've observed him over the years I've been really excited with his creation and his body of work because artists don't seem I mean I was guilty of that too I started to really be looking at um, curators in a very critical lens it, you know as an artist you have to do that because they're handling and framing your work yeah conceptually you know it's like this is i mean it's the difference between having my show or you know being given a show and framing my work as uh landscape paintings yeah or work speaking about gentrification yeah you know it, it's there's a there's a different component to that yeah. some curators would be more comfortable doing that some curators would want to say oh you know, Eddie Arroyo is showing in in this space. It's Miami landscape paintings. Yeah, well, That's it's it. more than that. Yeah, yeah. No, I know, but you yeah. do realize that there's some curators that work that way. Yeah, Anthony would not do that. You know, he likes having me talk about these things, and that's that's where the trust lies because he realizes that this is how you build a particular brand. Yeah, you use uh, this narrative to to place it in and it has a different as you say layer to it that makes it more interesting rather than being a landscape painter but is is those kinds of curators that i gravitate to you know that are interested in having this kind of dialogue yeah and that's something that i feel that you know a lot of artists in miami don't necessarily understand the importance of of institutions and curators and how their work is framed, you know. I mean, I I don't know. Some are very like flippant about, oh, I'll exhibit anywhere. It doesn't matter. They could do whatever they want with it. Uh, since day one, I was very much interested in in having the work say a certain thing. I mean, you know this to be true. Since yeah. I had the exhibition at CS Gallery, that I was, that was very much interested in in what it conceptually means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember we spoke about that. That was like. Probably yeah. the only, the only exhibition I didn't hang myself. <laughs> 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 well, I mean, I was very, very much in, in what you wanted. Like you very I, much I mean, wanted. I, I, I was in there. I wanted to turn the gallery into a living room, and and I put up the wallpaper and and brought in the furniture, and I wanted like uh, there's a specificity there that you know I thought was incredibly important. Yeah. You know. And then the work, the the dialogue of the work has changed so much since then yeah. to now. So it's, it's interesting to see the, like, where it's going now, you know, like, where it's going, where, where the applicate, at the basic of it, the application of the paint and uh, the well, way the paints are being done are similar, but now the dialogue has become a lot m more clear. Uh, I guess that comes with age, too, well, that comes uh, with, like, seeing different It really things. has to do more about the evolution of the dialogue, not necessarily, because I still feel the dialogue is... is is still fundamentally the same. Yeah. Family dynamics is not that different from community dynamics. And when we talk about the art community, you have, you know, you know, the relationship I have with certain artists is like, you know, there's cousin Fulano or cousin this and then uncle that and Oh really? Damn, I didn't I didn't so it was a sort of the same dialogue, just that one was a lot more private to where you tap into it that's that's how i make sense of it you uh, know because when we 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 when we practice our own art we 
we make sense of the world and 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 that series that I did about my family and my friends tra helped me to understand the dynamics that exist within our communities, yeah. communities in general, but specifically our communities. Because when I see, you know, Anthony is like, you know, his cousin Anthony, you know, it's like, or, or, you know, Uncle Dennis show, you know, it's like that kind of like, or, or, or cousin uh, Nina Johnson, you know, it's like, it's like, is that kind of relationship? I see it. To community. To community, but yeah. it's 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 people you continue to see. They know you, you know them, and you observe them. They observe you, and and you know, and much like families, it's just as dysfunctional as anything else, you yeah. know. So I, I'm closer to certain family members than I am to others. Yeah. But it's not like they're not part of the family because they are. No. The family is there. The community is there. So this is how it works, and that's how it helps me to understand how I should navigate or position myself as a as a family member. Yeah. As a productive family member. Or just right. as a family. Whether it's productive or not, that's all subjective, you know. Right now it's rendered more in, in striker relief that it seems more productive than than not, you know. But in the past it you know, I there was a lot of um of uh, you know, critical engagement as well as should be with any family, you know. Again, I'd rather there be more dysfunction because uh, you could talk about things more, important things. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of important things that should be discussed always, you know, within any community. You know? well, what would you like to see? Like, what what, what would be, I like, an ideal situation for you in terms of showing growth to the city, showing growth to the art community, but then not displacing a large amount of people that kind of had the shitty end of the stick even well, they've prior always to being displaced. Always, you know? I mean, we're talking about the working poor, right? Yeah. And, and in this country in particular, poor people have always been uh, treated Ev really bad. Everywhere, though. Everywhere, but I mean, we in this country like to boast how much opportunities we present. Yeah to our, our citizen and civilian population. Yeah. You know, that that's basically our calling card, you know. This is what makes this nation so great. The American dream. Yeah. The, it's the American dream, but the American dream for everyone or only for certain people. And that's when the great conflict takes place. Now we have a conversation. Yeah. Reference to your question, the great um, vision I would like to have is uh, um, just a situation where everybody... Uh, I mean, there's going to be growth. As you said, it's inevitable, and it was mentioned earlier, but um, there should be growth for as many people as we can, you know. The people that exist in that community should benefit economically as well. Yeah. Because it's inevitable, and, and you know, if they if they want to move on, and if it's not their cup of tea, that's great, but if they want to stick around, they should have the opportunity to stick around and not be forced out which is what my great frustration is, uh, and I'm trying to convey through the work as well, and through the exhibition I'm having in the Whitney. Yeah. So, yeah. So, the series of paintings is going to be uh, from 2016 to 2019, and you see the, the mural of Serge Toussaint, and it's defacement by the property owner, and, and subsequently to how it exists today, where it's been, has a nice white, 
clean white coat of paint on it, ready for the right kind of business to come in. Yeah. And I don't know. I'm eager and curious to see if it's going to be a Haitian business or if it's going to be someone that is more um, traditionally perceived as, as economically desirable. Yeah. Yeah. So... And then you have five, it's going to be five works. They, they selected five paintings. They selected five painting, paintings. Four of them are from the, from the uh, Cafe Creole series. And one of them is a nice little surprise, uh, which is basically the um, a poster uh, calling for uh, collective action at City Hall in mm -hmm. reference to a special area planning for Magic City, which is a major a mega development that's coming into Little Haiti. Yeah. Yeah. So for, for a lot of people who don't know, uh, special area planning is a right given to a developer that owns a number of acres of, of property within a lot. And if they're given the permission for special area planning, they can do whatever they want with that, that lot without any kind of oversight from the city. So they can, they can put whatever they want. It's... It's a useful plan for suburban sprawl, like if you're going to be building out. Mm -hmm. But when you're doing like infrastructure and and you're given like on an existing community like Little Haiti um, a license to do whatever you want, it raises a lot of alarms. Yeah, take a wild guess what the fuck they're gonna. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, so I don't have to. I, I have a painting set that that depicted. They have uh, the construction banners that. You know, exactly They're looking to rebrand it. They try to recall it, re rename it the Innovation District, that area. And, and right now, the banner is talking about creating jobs for the existing community, for the Haitian community. And, and that's a very suspicious thing because once there's no accountability, which is what a special area planning is, there's no accountability whatsoever, um... I don't know. I mean, it's going to be a question of, of what will they do Yeah. if there is no reason not to do it. No, we'll see here shortly in the, in the next couple of years. I mean, there's no... Yeah. Well, they haven't had approval yet, but I mean, the last city hall meeting, it looks like they were going to get it, but it got pushed back. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see. You know, it looks like it may happen still, but um, this is what's unfolding. So I'm just, I'm paying attention and... Uh, much like everything else uh, in Miami, it's a it's a source of a great community. I mean, great great curiosity what's happening in the community. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What do you think of these uh these museums now? That I don't know I, I don't know if you you've happened to go to the Norton now, but with the expansion it got, like this is a hundred million dollar expansion, which out out prior to that, right? Like. It was tiny. The museum was small. It was very small. Mm -hmm. It was beautiful, but it was small. Then you have uh, Perez Art Museum comes on like anything that Miami had prior. It's beautiful. It's luxurious. It's, it's showing top quality work. You got the ICA. You the got bass. ICA. Outstanding fucking building built for them. So the expansion of the Bass Museum too, right. like it. They renovated it. So now it's like a lot of things where it's just like, hey, money here, money there. And then these people go all out like it's fucking gorgeous. Now, that money is still 
the same facet or to some degree the same thing that is happening to these neighborhoods you know like how can we improve the experience like there's no way to improve the experience or to bring in higher quality work and artists and jobs and curators right than to pump this up because if you're like let's say you're an up-and-coming curator or you're an up-and-coming museum director and then um, a museum in boston calls or a museum in miami calls and a museum in new york calls like hey what are your programs what do you do like where do i go so in order to get this talent like you need to pump money into it of course you know no so i, I think like it's great i think it's uh, i think and I haven't gone to the Norton yet. I think it looks great. I've seen photos of it. I've been wanting to make the trip over there. Um, I always liked the Norton. I liked the, the old building. I think it was incredibly nice. Yeah. Um, uh, the selection of artists there. What's it's they had a number of great exhibitions there. Um, I think it's a good thing. I mean, the, the only thing is that it's West Palm Beach, right? Yeah. West Palm Beach always has had a lot of money in that area. I mean, yeah. they're, they're just known for it. So uh, it's not a surprise that they have. Actually, I'm surprised that they haven't built more of these kind of spaces. Yeah. That to me is a little bit like, oh, well. But I mean, I don't know. I mean, uh, it's it's helpful. It, it helps the because it's not really when you when you create a space like the Norton and you invest in it and it becomes like this kind of beacon of art. It doesn't just become Miami anymore. Now we're talking about South Florida. We're yeah. talking about the South Florida um, art community, not just the Miami art community. Yeah. So it goes in from from whether you're in Miami, Hollywood, Fort Lauderdale, or West Palm Beach. You have institutions that show very important and very relevant work, not just from all over the world, but also from Miami as well. You know, the local, or I'm sorry, South Florida as well. So it's I think it's it's great. I I'm excited about it. Um I think much like anything else because uh we have such accumulated wealth now, it was an inevitable thing. We just seen like uh all this money that has been accumulated from, you know, good business practices, bad business practices to bail out, you know, either shell companies it's all getting, you know, this is all like the old-fashioned uh, Reaganomics, trickle-down economics kind of uh, mechanism we see in place. So all this money is getting re re reinvested in into specific locations for reasons if people are paying attention, it's obvious. Yeah. You know, so it's, I think it's great. But um, as, a, as before, I think it, in order to really make it, uh, beneficial not just for people who are investing in it, but for people who who stand to to um, uh, stand to grow from the from the economic prosperity and should it benefit them as well. You know, I mean, again, if we're going by by the American dream ideology, it just helps us in the long run. I'm looking at long-term thinking not like flipping and walking away yeah yeah not the quick buck not the quick buck you, you i um i mean i don't know this is a um, this is an artist talking now i mean 
I have, you make more money in long-term investments rather than short-term, like, you know, your quick cashes, qu- you know, the quick buck. Yeah. So, yeah, this is a long-term investment. It could be done right. And the person that invests can make more money if, if it includes more people. You think we'll see. I don't know if there's, a, or I don't I don't know of any artist that has enough money to, like, you think we'll see in Miami a uh, self-run institution with enough money where it's, like, self-funded by artists, for artists, like, no developer money no grants like just straight up like hey we're self-funded and we're here to play no i i think i think it i think that's the i don't think it should be that way i think even if i mean because we we do have self-funded uh institution and spaces um bridgeway studio is is pretty much self uh funded but um you know they should be open to receiving grants and working with other institutions as well. Yeah. And I'm sure they do, you know, not just in South Florida, I but outside grants, of South Florida. You know that? I don't know. Is that dumb of me? Is that um, or do I have the wrong impression about that? Well, the, the, like the impression is so much as to say that everybody uses grants. Yeah. Even private uh, companies use grants. Yeah. You know, it's just they're more quiet about it or maybe they would like to be public about it. You know, the PAM using uses grants. Um, the ICA prides itself by being a private institution, but I'm sure, you know, I haven't done any research on it, but I'm sure if not now, later they will receive grants as well. Yeah, some for, type of museum grant. For any Do kind of programming. Do, are they recognized as a museum yet? I'm no? not sure, but I'm sure that if they haven't been recognized, they're working toward they're it working as well. They're working towards getting yeah. that, that I understand seal. they have to have like a... A very respected uh, collection. I mean, they do. Uh, but so they have. Um, yeah. So it's to their benefit to be seen as a museum, even though they are are branding themselves as a institution. You know. I've always been of this idea of if the market thinks that what I'm doing is worth having, then it's going to support it. You know. And then that's like the the ultimate measuring measuring stick, right? Like, hey, if people care enough about it, then they'll back it up. They'll back it up with money. So this is this is kind of my hesitation with grants. It's kind of been the hesitation where art is about. Also, you mm-hmm. know, like the, the like this idea of like if we put out something that brings value to the private person, to the person, to the average Joe that says, hey, here's $5, here's $20, here's $100,000, like, then it's worth living. Otherwise, like, if the market decides it's not worth it, then it's not worth it. No, 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 I understand that, but the, the, the problem with um, with that is, is coming in the assumption that that private companies never had any kind of... Um, Help. funding from outside of their, you know, that comes outside of their sales, you know, because that's not necessarily true either, you know, as they get funding, they just don't talk about it for the most part. Yeah. Like, I'm always, like, I'm always, like, surprised that, uh, well, not necessarily, but the NFL is a non-for-profit. Yeah. It's the biggest one, probably. Fucking make you know, it. and it's like, and people have this impression that it's a private Profit-driven company, yeah, or business, yeah, but that's a not-for-profit. 
You know, it's like, and you're talking about like the NFL. The NFL, <laughs> right? The NFL. So yeah, if the yeah, NFL is doing this, I mean, I, I, it's not a stretch to to think that. I mean, and we just went through like, like last year, we just did major overhaul on our tax reform. Yeah. And there's a lot of government support for certain people. Yeah. You know, and these are not people with uh, without means, yet they get support. Yeah. So this this whole notion of of private companies, uh, like this, pull yourself by the bootstraps. Yeah. Uh, narrative is not entirely accurate. Yeah. Um, and disingenuous in certain respects. So it's it's just a way of. And, and this is just my opinion of just uh, keeping more of the cake to yourself if you're framing the conversations like, oh, I did this on my own without any help, when in fact it's not true. Um, it keeps free people from not asking uh, for help either. Yeah. And then you get more of the pie in the end because you are asking for help. You're just saying you're not. You're just so pretending not You're to, pretending yeah. that, yeah. Hence the NFL can pretend that they're for-profit company yeah yeah that's what that's I. in an ideal situation that's where i would take it i would take it to where it's just like yo there's been zero government dollars in my accounts right you know I'm, granted that's only beautiful if you're successful you know what i mean like if you if you're if yeah but i, I think it's a myth i think know? i think all these people that have a lot of money received some sort of government support. I think it's foolish to think in that manner. It's not that it's foolish. It's just that it's, it's you're not. I mean, these people get tax breaks. Yeah. Like very good tax breaks. It's almost as if they're being paid to continue doing what they're doing. Yeah. By the government. Yeah. You know, your average Joe isn't getting these kinds of of privileges and 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 um, and just uh, benefits. You yeah. know, so. Yeah. But maybe the average Joe isn't creating as much value to, they, a, they, to a white. They, well, they, that's the idea, right? They like could, the they could if they were given the opportunity. This is this is what I mean by the opportunity. If you're creating yeah. opportunities for some people and not for others, it's, it's no surprise that that you know they're not going to get. I mean, people with means are are given license to make more mistakes than people without them yeah so they can experiment they can figure things out there's less uh consequences to fucking up so of course they're going to succeed because even a clock is right twice a day yeah even a broken clock is right twice yeah, yeah a broken yeah. clock is right yeah exactly yeah that's the idiom i was going for yeah yeah no it's 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 it's, it's very interesting times of money and where the the country as a whole is going oh where, yeah where the markets is going where now records are being broken oh yeah like every auction is a record at this point you yeah, know it's yeah. like back to back before a couple of years ago which you you had mentioned the last time we spoke that you were like oh it was the dead artist setting record auctions now the auctions are almost gearing to set records for the living artists. So yeah. now you have 
artists that are living that is just like, hey, how do you feel about your work being sold last night for $10 million or $1 million, you know, like. Like these people aren't even dead yet in the market. Well, what was that dead. documentary that I was I mentioned that it was? That you, yeah, that you told me about. Um, yeah, it's like um, the price of everything. The price of everything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for our listeners out there, if anybody is curious about the art market, are you artists and curators that haven't seen this uh, film? I highly recommend it. Yeah, it's very illuminating in terms of how they talk about the art market and um, and how it functions and how it's how it's evolved yeah because when we were coming up the auction house was seen as this new thing never mind art fairs that wasn't even in our radar yeah and now we have art fairs you know and now the auction houses are are now given a lot more credibility than they did 10 or 20 years ago yeah you know as as how you so put it like the dead artists and the live artists strictly for the artists who are alive the documentary it really does show what a career boost it is to sell your work through an auction house. Yeah. In terms of the art market, because is that 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 scene with with the artist that's sitting there and witnessing the sale of her artwork on the auction block, and and she, I would I would venture to say she's just as shocked as I am in being in the Whitney Biennial. Yeah. You know, she had like that that expression of of her head. Her eyes getting, you know, deer eyes, cotton headlights kind of. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like I'm just the artist. I just make work. Like my job is to make work. Like I don't know what. I don't know what just happened. I don't know what to to say about it. Yeah. And 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 yeah, it's worth. That was one of those important uh, scenes in the film that was that was that makes the film very important, in my opinion. Yeah, the yeah, yeah that, that film is the, this curiosity about yeah. the art market. Hell yeah, yeah. Some uh, one of the executive producers that sold it to HBO, or that has something to do with that, um, she has ties to Miami. Yeah. yeah, I could see that because they did spend some time in yeah. Miami. Yeah. I think she's she has either a production company or. Or a non-profit here, you know? I mean, so. uh, d- despite them, like, uh, showing Art Basel Miami, there's a l- there's so much other content in there that I couldn't, like... I mean, it's just so... It's an important film in, in reference to to the art market today. Let me... Because uh, in the process of the artisabout.com, you breathe life into it, you know? Like, it was an idea that came out of Chirino Sanchez Gallery that I told you about that I just like, and then you were just like, give me the keys, and you just ran with it and, and yeah. built it to what it is now and gave it life. I'm still pro- running with it. I really don't know what I'm doing when it comes. I mean, I have an idea, but for the most, more of an idea than I did when I started, but uh, for the most part, I just, you know, I just go. I, I It's very simple um, at this point. Not like before when I was doing critical writing on on the site, uh, but it's just it's just uh, like a uh, an outline of of where we're at right now within our community, what our community is presenting. Yeah. So I just uh, I share the press release, I take photographs of the exhibition, and people can uh, can decide whether it's their cup of tea and they can go and visit the work or the exhibition themselves, and support it. You know. 
economically or or just you know um verbally yeah so yeah so then now you've documented for essentially since 2011 since december 2011 so till now like you're still actively out there looking at work documenting work um in the process of that in the process of taking it to print i came like this idea of miami miami's art scene is ran by women like every museum every gallery every non-for-profit like the majority of them over 50 percent yeah them, on the face of it yes it's like yeah it's it's, it's, it's managed it's a lot it's, it's, there's a lot of women there's a lot of like look the the norton the the prior the prior director and the new director female yeah you know uh i think pam is one of the only ones that isn't ran by a by a woman i think the bass is mocha uh i don't know mocha if, was if the ica is. is i don't think the ica is bad i don't think the ica is either yeah but the but you're right the museums um the galleries yeah um the project spaces for the most part yeah it's 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 ironically enough like i kept i kept looking at all these names and i'm just like Dude, yeah all these yeah, um, I noticed I mean, that from the very beginning, and I thought it was really exciting because it's like cause it's been happening for a long time, actually, uh, in Miami. I'm not sure how it happens in different institutions around the world, but Miami is very much run by women. Yeah, which is fascinating. I, you know, it's I don't know what that means, uh, but it's a good thing. I guess <laughs> I, I don't know if it's good or if it's bad, but it's no. I it's think there. it's I think it's good. I think it's important. It it. Uh-huh. it um, it creates a kind of, especially if, if Miami continues or South Florida continues to become more valid as a, as an um, art destination, um, it it, a, it should be a topic worth discussing. The importance of 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 a, of a woman's perspective in shaping the the identity and even the brand of of the art community. You see Miami in. Or South Florida in general in the next, I don't know, in the next decade? Well, of like course. I mean, that goes without saying. I you mean, see a lot of artists still leaving? Or you see a lot of artists still... I think I think artists are going to, like, want to stay, um, you know, flexible in terms of, like, uh, traveling. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I can see them, like, staying. I mean, they already are. There's a lot of good... We have a lot of good artists in Miami. Yeah. I mean, I can speak from experience. It's just that, um, it's just that I, I'm hoping that that the rest of the global art market realizes that. So we'll see. You know, it helps that our Basil's here. It just we haven't really experienced a situation where where it, it bleeds out into the art community, the existing art community in Miami yet. Yeah. And it hasn't been from any lack of effort from from the institutions here and the artists here. Yeah. They've been working tirelessly to try to be seen globally, but you know, the opportunity continues to elude us. And um, I think that was the important thing about Gene Moreno's uh, uh, contribution to the article written in the in the, the New York the Times. Times. That's right. Yeah. So yeah, I think. Um, 
it's up to other people to decide how they want to uh, use the brand. But I think um, the situation here is very unique in reference to uh, the environmental, you know, the climate, uh, and you know, of course, he's not wrong about the sea level. You know, it's going to be an issue, and it's something that that the Miami brand can contribute globally in reference to to the direction that we're going as as a civilization, as humanity. Yeah. You know? We're not the only places that are going to be underwater, but there's, you know, we can contribute to what that's going to look like. But overall, you're optimistic about no, I what it looks like. I'm optimistic uh, purely by necessity. I have no choice, you know. Yeah. It's like, yeah. yeah. But you do, though. You could be, it could be, you have a grim reality of where it's going. Well, I, I do, but it's always, I mean, it has, I mean, for me, it, it's, it serves me to be optimistic about the grim reality of yeah. it all. Yeah. So... And that's, like, that's when it becomes exciting, you know? I'm optimistic, man. Yeah, so Cause am it's I. Because <laughs> it's, 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 it's the most fun mm-hmm. South Florida has had. Yes. Thus far. Yes. And it is only getting better. Year after getting, year, it continues to get better. And the it artists... It does. It perpetuates can, itself. Yeah. yeah. The artists continue to be put out there more. The artists are getting to places where they haven't been before. And then now you have, like, not pretty colors and bullshit work like no no now you have like serious dialogues being yeah presented put it in platforms where they could be heard and i think i think the move for uh, um ulai arts to go into little haiti just recreates more opportunities to have or or have conversations and have artists produce work that actually has content like really deep concerns being expressed through the work so yeah whether and then a lot of these places are going in there too as owners, you know. So they're not gonna get rented out, quote unquote, or they're not gonna get pushed out. Not all of them, you know. There's still people or an artist specifically that are gonna get pushed out, but not all of them. I mean, they you have, I mean, Nina Johnson owns her space, yeah. you know. Spinel has a has a residence that he owns, but I mean, he's he's flexible. And, a lot of the artists are, are, are adopted and, and, and embracing this idea of the nomadic nature of what they do, you know. You just get moved from place to place um, and you make the most out of it. It's just that what I'm questioning is, is, you know, it should make the most out of it, not just for yourself, but to consider everybody the else community. as well. Yeah. Right, the existing community. So maybe Little Haiti is... Uh it's a place to kind of get right what what they didn't get right in Winwood. It could it could as be as a whole. It could as be. South I mean, Florida as a the, whole. The inevitability know? is that the worst case scenario is is that they won't. But then after that, we move on to the next neighborhood, right? North Miami. That's the question, <laughs> right? I mean, there's a there's a rebranding that's happening in different neighborhoods. I mean, I think I I mentioned this before, but yeah, we have. Um, Brickle West, and that that used to or be Alapata, yeah, Alapata, or that used to be Little Havana. You know, yeah. I don't know how how the Cubans feel about having their 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 brand erased, but I mean, we'll see. You know, uh, 
if they have any kind of opinion about it or you know they would rather just take the money and run yeah. which some will it's by far the most interesting thing that i've seen in the art scene other than basel coming here and saying hey i'm gonna i'm gonna have my sister fair here <laughs> yeah. you know and then shortly after uh starting one in hong kong also you know, and then the question is like, where's the fourth one? And then where does Basel have year-round fairs? Yeah. And then having such a high-profile place, right, or or high-profile fair that that actually moves within the art world and within the auction and and within the journalist and within the schools, um, move to a city like Miami, and then existing fairs move their schedule to also be here and then now all of a sudden having museums that are expanding uh and then artists that are getting placed in platforms that they haven't before like yourself like agustina having people that are seriously pursuing dealing work um buying work yeah it's 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 that's how it should be. This is like this is what we ask for almost. No, like this is what you want. Yeah, of course. Like your city moving. Well, it's not forward. just. I mean, I mean, I'm surprised it's happening to me, but it's not just what I want to happen to me. I want it to happen to everybody here because yeah. I realized that uh, long ago that um, if uh, I do well, everybody else does well, and yeah. if everybody does w- else, everybody else does well, I do well. I mean, it'll be hard to even, like, um, to fathom that if our Basel wasn't here, uh, the Whitney wouldn't have any interest in, in in Miami. Yeah. Although, you know, prior to our Basel coming down, we did have artists in the Whitney Biennial. Mm-hmm. You know, I had uh, Robert T. Lee was in the Whitney Biennial. And then, um, you know, afterwards you had Hernan Bass. You know, not Hernan Bass, um, some other guy. Well, you had William Cordova, uh, Alo Guerrier, and what's the name of the other artist? He escapes me right now. But we've had artists that, are, that have been there after Whitney came. But it was important that we were there before the, the fair, the sister fair came to Miami Beach. I mean, I don't think the curators at the, the, at the Whitney really do care too much about the art fairs and by extension the art market on that level because yeah. but I do realize that it does play its role and it is important I can't really say it'll be uh, silly for me to say that oh yeah we could have done this without our bazo in Miami you know it's yeah. just not true yeah I, I, I find it difficult to believe that it could have happened I think that was just a part of it I think that the city and like the scene in South Florida in general has grown from it um, to where I don't know maybe before that was the only great thing or or thing of relevance happening mm-hmm. um, now it's not the case now it just adds to it now it adds to like it's pr- it's a year-round program no it's a work it where people yeah are doing uh, active i mean work, it's what know? dennis show wants he wants it to be a, a year-round destination and our yeah. destination which i'm i'm all on board for it's just that um i mean it's great that our basil's here it's just that i still want 
you know, the Miami art community or just Miami in general to have a uh, a voice or a, a platform where they could talk about what's happening as well. Yeah. You know, and there needs to be weight because in the past that's been the problem uh, for a lot of the artists in Miami that um, that they don't benefit as much as they, they should yeah. or they would like. I think it and that's the great frustration. They come in, at least in the past, they set up shop for like a week. They leave, and that's it. And uh, things go back to it being quiet again. And now that's becoming less and less the case as, yeah. as you know, there's new strategies coming into play on how this could be more of a 24-7 thing. I don't know. I mean, I like it quiet, but this is going to be an interesting uh, situation to be in, you know. Um, I think the next decade is by far going to be one of the most exciting ones for yeah. South Florida. Yeah, well, I mean, on, on so many levels. Yeah. I mean, whether the the oceans rise and whether there's going to be more artists coming in, uh, structures are going to be erected, you yeah. know. Of course, there's going to be displacement, but there's going to be a dialogue about this displacement. Yeah. At least I would hope, but... We'll see, you know. Fucking outstanding, <laughs> man. When does the uh, when does the Whitney open and all that? Or where can they they could get it? Obviously on the website, the Whitney. Yeah, the go to the Whitney uh, website. It'll give you the dates on on. It's in the second week of May, and you know, and if you're in the neighborhood, come on by and you could you could see you know, uh, Miami. In the Whitney, you know, between me and Augustina Woodgate. That so is exciting. Yeah, so it's. For the first time in over a decade, so I'm excited for you. Congratulations! You. Yeah. I think it's it's perfect. I yeah. think your response to it, wh- where you're feeling, I think is ideal. I couldn't, I couldn't. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm hopefully, uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how it keeps like. It seems like uh, once I get adjusted to the new reality, everything shifts again. You know, I was just getting used to like just. Uh, normalcy of just receiving a, a, a grant that was very difficult to receive you know a lot of artists and communities say oh yeah it's like really hard to get the South Florida Consortium grant and it's like yeah and like then I got it and it's like I was starting to get used to this and and then this pops up which is even more difficult to get into yeah so I don't know it's it's very odd position to be in well enjoy enjoy the ride man no I, I will <laughs> I'll try <laughs> Alright, bro. This was fun. We'll do it again soon. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. And then, uh, where can they find you on social media? Well, um, well, just go to um, uh, my website, which is like you know, just go to ediarroyo.com, and you can. F- I have links to my social media where I keep updating uh, what I've been doing. It's more mostly like what happens in social media is like a, it's like a digital sketchbook on on how. Or what ideas I have that will be fully realized in in, in paintings, you know, that hopefully get placed in, in in important institutions and you know events. So yeah. Outstanding, man. Hey, thank you for taking the time. All I'll right. talk to you soon. Okay, thanks so much, man. Have a good one. <laughs>